Welcome to Unfuck Your Brain, the only podcast that teaches you how to use psychology, feminism, and coaching to rewire your brain and get what you want in life. And now here's your host, Harvard Law School grad, feminist rock star, and master coach, Kara Lowenthal. All right, my chickens. Today is a day that I don't know that any of us would have foreseen coming when I was a social justice lawyer. <laughs> I don't. Sure. <laughs> I don't think that I ever would have been like one day I'm going to interview the most influential Mormon life coach in the world. Slash <laughs> and mom just, and just slash mom, the most influential mom slash life coach of the Church of Latter Day Saints, who is wearing a feminist T-shirt for me today. If you guys, yes. Yes, and also proudly raid situation. And I'm going to let Jody introduce herself in a minute. But I, actually, this is something I talk about kind of frequently is like the ways in which in my previous life, I was around a bunch of people who would have all identified very loudly as I don't mean loudly in a bad way, very genuinely as feminists. And we're like working on feminist advocacy. I was like in this very feminist social justice world. And there were certain kinds of diversity and kind of differences of backgrounds in that world. Mm -hmm. But everybody had the same politics and kind of this often the kind of same, like, you know, lived in New York and was sort of living a kind of similar lifestyle. And then in this life coaching world, and I'm actually exposed to way more of different kinds of diversity in the kind of people that I have gotten to know and the colleagues that I have and the different ways that feminism shows up. Like, you know, when I worked at the Center for Reproductive Rights, which is an organization I love, but in any social justice organization, it's actually a real problem, right? They don't really pay people often enough to really live on well, especially in big cities. And so, you know, be like there were people in that organization who, yeah, were devoting their lives to social justice work, but also were only able to do it because they had family money or their partner was making the money, right? Often like straight women and their husbands were making the money. Mm-hmm. And that and now I'm in this world where like I think half our mastermind didn't know what a feminist was before I showed up. Right. <laughs> like some I of never, us still don't exactly so confused about what does that mean, right? And <laughs> but it's all these women from such diverse different backgrounds, right? Corinne, I think Corinne didn't go to college, right? She talked about that in my podcast or right. Right. Like sort of different educational backgrounds, different geographic backgrounds, different religious backgrounds. And they're all the ones who are like doing the big work in the world. So mm-hmm. it's just like, I kind of love that transition. Anyway, I will let you introduce yourself now that I've talked for a bunch, but welcome Jody Moore to the, Thank the you, first, Cara. probably the first podcast you've ever been on where there's a swear word in the title. For sure. For sure. Yes. <laughs> We're going to try to keep this. <laughs> I clean. hope to go on a lot more after this. <laughs> I'm the gateway drug. Yes. <laughs> Tell us who you are. Jody Moore and have been fortunate enough to get to be in a mastermind with Cara for how many years? About three years, Lord, maybe? Yeah, probably. I think I joined, you guys started a year before me. Like I scaled oh, to seven. Did we? Yeah, That's I scaled right, to seven yeah. figures like out on my own in the wild. And then we're like, come <laughs> on in, you're one it. of us. I think I was working with Susan at the time and it was like okay. no, over, no overlap of coaches. Oh, basically. Yes. So right. I think I joined you guys in 2019. So, okay. Yeah. So, but even before that, we knew each other again through the Life Coach School and I have work together in various ways. So anyway, I feel the same as you, Car. that I think it's natural for us even to gravitate towards people that share our same interests and beliefs and just situations. And so one of the great things about Life Coach School is the diversity that it attracts. And we all have gained so much, I think, from each other. So I work with, like you said, primarily women who are members of my faith, which is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Although, you know, I attract people of various, mostly Christian-based values 
but anyone interested in spirituality, sometimes I get a lot of different things. But anyway, I just help individuals with, you know, emotional and mental health. I like to think of what I do as sort of the gym for your mental and emotional health. We all understand that physically, we don't want to just wait until we're sick and need to go to the doctor to think about our physical health. We want to think about maintaining or strengthening our physical health. And I think that is also available for our mental and emotional health. And that's what I get to do. And also, I mean, in the same, I talk about the gym on the other side where it's like, you don't go once and be like, okay, I like lifted the weight once. So I get all the health protectant now for the rest of my life. Like you have to keep doing it. Yeah. You're not like, when am I going to be done with this? Right. With this? Like, well, I mean, never like. (laughs) Right. Right. Just like you have to keep eating and you have to keep sleeping. Right. Exactly. It's an ongoing thing. So I love it though. When I was thinking about this interview and thinking about like when we had started, I was remembering back. So when I got certified, Jody was already a certified coach and she was working at the life coach school and she both did like kind of the program sales, like to get people into certification. Right. So I think like you're the first person I spoke to probably you like screened me and allowed me to continue. And I sold you. Let's be honest. I was ready. I did did ask book if it was like a pyramid scheme, I think when I talked to her. (laughs) Oh yeah. Some Uh, people think that. Yeah. But also you did like training for kind of selling and marketing for the coaches yes. afterwards. So I'm just, I was just remembering like, especially for me starting out, cause I had no selling or sales background. This will lead into the first thing I learned from you, but I just remember feeling like you were like the font of all wisdom. Like I was like <laughs> desperate to like get any nugget from your brain. And I remember we did some kind of program. Yeah, we did. Yes, like your marketing program. It was there like was a some, marketing mastermind. Yeah, kind of there thing. was something where I was supposed to, like we were supposed to be able to get a one-on-one call with you or something. And I there was like some difficulty setting it up, whatever it was. But I just oh. remembered what our relationship was then where I was like, but I have to speak to Jody or else I'll never know how to market. <laughs> like she has the answers to everything. And like now we're colleagues. And it's just like, to me, those are almost like two different people. Like I know. I was, I was thinking like, about that same thing about how, I mean, I feel like you're better at marketing than I am these days. Well, I, that's definitely not true. I'm definitely still like, We'll get to all that stuff. Okay. But, okay. We'll get to that. But it definitely that. was, you were just like this, like, especially because back then we didn't have Zoom, everything was like on the phone. So you were just yeah. this like, figure in the ether that I could see telephonically, who I was just like, I need to, I need every ounce I can get out of Jody. I mean, I still want every ounce I can get out of you, but I no longer feel quite so desperate about it. But that does lead me to, so I feel like the first thing I learned from you, this is like the trademark Jody phrase, is you're welcome. Which is, <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. I say that you're to my welcome. kids a lot too. Yeah. And it's funny, but so Jody says you're welcome <laughs> whenever one of us is like freaking out about like, what if we change something and what if people are upset and like, we can't ever whatever. Right. And Jody yes. just says, you just tell them you changed it and say, you're welcome. And yes. it's like right. funny, but the deeper meaning of it for me was it could be easily be misunderstood to be sort of like, well, you just do whatever you want. You tell people to be grateful, which is not what you mean at all. Mm-mm. But like, the thing that you're welcome signifies for me with you and this the huge thing that I learned from you is that coming from like <laughs> both being Jewish but also being a lawyer, the way that your brain gets trained to think when you're a lawyer is to like think of objections and counter them, mm-hmm. right? In this sort of adversarial way. So like when you bring that into marketing, you're sort of like, it can be useful to think about people's objections, mm-hmm. but you're still thinking about it rather than what your welcome means to me is like, it's a reminder to me whenever I'm going to do something or I have an idea for a change. I want to make it a program or I want to do something else. I'm like, why is this amazing for my client? Like, that's the place I want to be creating my decisions from. And that's what your welcome is versus the lawyer way, which is like, well, I want to do this thing, but here's the 10 objections people might have. And then I have to counter them. And it's like this very defensive energy. So that's right. 
I always think about like, if I had like three slogans for like the things I think about all the time, my business, I think about you're welcome all the time. And because it's also so like, maybe this comes from having, you have four children, right? You're just sort of like, we don't have time for this. Like for everybody's opinions here, just you're welcome. This is why I did it. It was amazing. You're welcome. Move on. And the women are so socialized to constantly apologize for themselves and try to make sure everybody's happy, which is impossible. Right. And Mm -hmm. like, put everybody else's whatever ahead of themselves. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, no, you got to make the decision that's right for your business Mm -hmm. and obviously explain why it's good for the people it's good for who want it. And that's it. Move on. Well, and when you make a change like that, and if we approach it, like you said, with that attorney brain of, okay, I have to think about their objections and address that for some people, all it does is remind them you might object. Right, to You're like putting words in their mouth, right? <laughs> right? They're yeah. like, they're like, Oh, I loved this change until you told me that I apparently don't like it because of this. Yeah, that's you're- right. Oh. Like I wrote originally the intro to my book that I wrote that's coming out later this year. I didn't mean to just plug my book, but anyway, <laughs> you're totally allowed to plug your book. <laughs> this is not like a no. I know that sounded no. like the book I wrote that happens to be coming out later this year. <laughs> anyway, originally I wrote the intro in that same frame of mind that you're describing that lawyer mind where I was like, some people think life coaching is fringy or some yeah. people think it goes against the doctrine. And let me speak to that. And let me speak to this. And the editors and some of the publishers, some of the folks that were giving me feedback were like, why are you beginning with like defensiveness right. <laughs> about what you do? And I realized, oh yeah, I need to approach it like like I normally do, which is listen, this will change your life. This just changed my life. This has changed right. my clients' lives. This is amazing. You're welcome. Right. It's said, totally compatible. What I'm about to tell you is why. Like, yes, it aligns welcome. with the church. It's right. the most amazing thing I've ever discovered. It could be that for you too. You're welcome. And that's what we want to hear too from people. So you focus on that in the beginning. And if they have objections, that's okay. You can address that later. But totally. Yeah. I do think it's like the sort of, I see even for us who are, those of us who are entrepreneurs and on one level get very comfortable with people not liking what we do because they're sort of like the outgroup people who don't like what we do, which is like, you know, the yeah. people who are, you know, whatever in your world, it might be like the people who are like, no, it's absolutely incompatible with doctrine. You shouldn't be doing right. that, blah, blah, blah. That's in right. my world, it's the people who are like, whatever, feminists hate men or you're a bad fit. Like, so there's those outgroup people and we do develop a thicker skin for them. But then I think like that socialization is still there for our in-group people when it's like our clients, our people. And then we still get too worried about like, you know, well, what are they going to think? Or what if somebody's upset with me or what if whatever? Mm-hmm. And we get so hyper-focused on, I mean, I think mm-hmm. that's another thing that you often redirect on, which is great, is the sort of like, okay, well, 97% of people said nothing or were like, that sounds great. And then 3% of people were upset and you're like fixated on those 3%, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I just what the brain does. Yeah, totally. I like to think of it as the way you described it. You have those people that are just the notes and like, they're never going to come with you. They're never going to buy in. They're not your people. It's fine. Right. right. We don't need to be talking to them, even though it feels important to. We don't right. really need to. But that's, that's what okay. an objection mindset would take you to, right? It's like right. okay, all my sales emails are going to be co- like countering objections about coaching. And Stacy right. Bain says this too is like sort of like, why are you putting all your selling energy to the people who are the hardest to sell? Why don't we talk yes. to people who want to work with you and just need a little encouragement? Yes. So there's, I think of it in the three buckets. There's the no bucket. I don't want to talk to them. There's the yes bucket. That's like, these people just love Cara. No matter what you do, they're going to sign up. They love everything about you. They're your big fans. That's great. But we don't need to talk to them either. It's those people in the middle that Mm -hmm. could be that are just considering, but they're confused. They have questions. They're not sure. 
those are the people you want to be talking to. That's so so interesting because I think about that on the inside of my business in terms of my client structure of like, there's the people who come through the work and it's like not for them. They're not in the right place. They're not going to apply it. Whatever. It just Mm -hmm. doesn't really do anything. They disappear. They don't engage. Mm -hmm. And it's very hard to get those people even to like engage a little, like they're kind of there for their own reasons or they're not open to it or whatever it is. And there's some small percentage of those people. And like, you're never going to be able to bring them along. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a percentage of people who are obsessed with thought work. And the minute they discover it, they completely get, it, you know, and they're like yes. totally in it. And they, some of them become coaches and some of them don't, but like use it all the time. And they also don't need actually that much attention. They're like kind of off to the races on their own. Yes. And then there's like that middle group of people, which is who I'm always trying to focus on when I'm whatever I'm creating content or making my programs better of like, okay, the people who like do want to do it and they are going to engage, but like, how can this be even better for them? How can it help them more? How can it support them more? So I feel like there's that trifecta approach in like a lot of different aspects of the business. Totally. Yes. I would agree. So So let me tell you the first thing I learned from you. How about? Tell me. Which is a total change of topic. Okay. (laughs) And it's ironic that we're recording this the morning after the Chauvin verdict came out last night because really, and I still have a lot to learn, but what you have taught me, first of all, through your example, I just want to say like, there's a lot of things that you've taught me more formally, but even just watching how you are so good at staying informed about issues, current events, things like that, but political issues, social, economic issues, And I love how you're convicted, but open-minded, I feel like. So like last summer when the whole George Floyd incident went down and there was all this upheaval and we realized, wait a second, as a bunch of privileged white women, like those of us in our mastermind, we need to understand what's going on. We need to understand our role in this. And we all sort of turned to Kara and you recommended books. And as I was reading these books and had resistance or confusion or questions, I just knew I'm going to call Kara and you talked us through it and just did such a beautiful job of helping us become aware of things that we aren't even aware of that we're complicit in and our own biases and privilege. But again, in a way that to me, I could hear it. You know, this is on me, but I have a hard time hearing it sometimes when it just feels like a brick wall coming at me. But I appreciate your ability to be straightforward and honest. And at the same time, I feel like we can have a discussion. I feel like it's a safe place for me to come and talk to you, knowing I'll probably say it wrong. I might say the wrong thing. And you'll know that's from my own ignorance and help me learn. So anyway. I mean, I think that was a really powerful experience for me too, because I mean, I did obviously so much education and advocacy work in my former life, but that was in a very was like the only thing more polarized, which was abortion work, which is so like, and there was like, I mean, actually it's not true. There are a lot of people, the vast majority of the American people are actually kind of in the middle, which is like, Mm. you know, this needs to be a right. And like, also we have moms and whatever. So actually in reality that is, but in the political debate, it's super polarized. And I was just both because I was in law, but also because the sides are so polarized. I was never like, talking to people who had complicated feelings about it or like I wasn't certainly yeah. and I certainly wasn't going to convert the people who are like outside the clinic with the signs like they're not changing right, right. you know like I was not having those conversations and so like I think coaching is what has allowed me to like soften my ability to hear mm-hmm. conflicting thoughts and receive that and I think I was 
really actually impressed by also how well you all, like I do feel like like you and Corinne and so it's like people were just sort of like, what's happening? And oh, I have so much to learn. Like I was not aware of this stuff. And, you know, there's like valid, whatever people have valid mm-hmm. thoughts about the fact that maybe we should have all, you know, more people should have been aware, but mm-hmm. you guys were so open-minded and hearted about it. And I feel like there's a lot of performative activism right. in the world and in the social media world in particular, which I have always just been like, as somebody who was a actual on the ground <laughs> person for 20 yeah. years, yeah. I've just always kind of been like, this is just not the same thing. Like, yeah. Come beyond the the board of this like nonprofit I was on for eight years and come to our board meetings and like debate about this, you know, and, like negotiate and compromise. Like that's how real change happens. Yeah. Not it's not like, so like sexy and just an inspiring quote or something. Yeah. Or just this sort of like black and white thinking. There's right. like so much we can talk about there. Yeah. I think like it has been interesting to be in this world more behind the scenes. I've been very public in mm-hmm. my work, but more behind the scenes in our conversations with people at LCS and with you guys Mm -hmm. and and sort of helping you there. And I think for me, that's been also like when you're a reproductive rights litigator, people who like reproductive rights are like very impressed with you. I mean, not all of them, but there's just sort of public aspect to it where you get to be like, I'm the do-gooder, give me my crown, right? Right, right. And this experience of being, I mean, now we're talking about it on the podcast, but until now, this experience of being like, it's not about whether anybody knows what I'm doing. It's about like, yeah, I work behind the scenes to change the hearts and minds of people who then have huge followings and influences. And like nobody on Instagram may know and people may even get mad at me that I'm not like calling out this person or calling out that person. But I know that I'm doing more to actually create change behind the scenes. And I care about the actual results that I'm creating and not That's right. what it looks like on social media. Yeah. And I appreciate that. And that you continue to recommend books and things because you know, we're all like, okay, what do we need to learn next? Like, where do we, <laughs> I know it's like, okay, it's not just a one and done and okay, what do we do? And anyway, I just appreciate, you know, having access to you in that regard. Don't worry. You guys are all getting an unreflected bound copy of the feminist coaching curriculum delivered. To oh, good. Houses, so you'll have oh, yes. <laughs> the whole thing. I can't wait. <laughs> we're getting them bound in actual books because I wrote so much. I was like, this needs to be like, no spiral bound. I want this. There like, you go. Yeah, do it fuck. right. I love it. That's exciting. <laughs> okay. So I think this actually kind of goes, well, it goes certainly along with what we were talking about before, which is, I think again, in that lawyer brain, when you're in that, like this or that, it goes along with that black and white thinking. Like I sort of was, I think like perfectionists have a lot of black and white thinking. I don't know if it's all Jews, but certainly my family <laughs> love black and white thinking. <laughs> also, they were made of lawyers, so the experiment's not a clean experiment because lawyers definitely have a lot of black and white thinking. So whatever the forces were. And, you know, I've like cleaned up so much of that, but I still see it come up. I just did a whole podcast episode about it. And I think like often in the way my brain works is like to map all those potential problems. And then what are the solutions, right? And like, I tend to just sort of be like, okay, well, these are the options, this or this. And I feel like you are very good at questioning the premise behind whatever my like fake set of two options that I have come up with is, (laughs) which is, it's sort of like the, you're well, it's just sort of like, I'm like, well, what, like maybe this, what if this, or what if that? And you're like, well, that's not the only two. I'm trying to come up with a good example. And I can't really, maybe one will come up as we're talking, but. I'll just say, while you think about it, I sort of had to train myself to do that when I started having children, because Mm -hmm. my life became so chaotic and I couldn't keep up on anything because I couldn't keep the house clean. I couldn't keep up on the things that I just wanted to do for myself. And so like I used to run marathons, for example, 26.2 mile marathons. That's right. In a whole nother life. (laughs) But (laughs) at any rate, I had these 
two babies. My first two kids were only not even a year and a half apart. So it was just madness. And I was like, well, I don't have time to go for a 12 mile jog. So what's the point? Mm -hmm. You know, I might as well sit on the couch. And I realized, wait a second, this isn't working. This black or white, all or nothing Mm -hmm. thinking, you know, it is okay to just go for a walk around the block and it is okay to just put three toys in the toy box, even though you don't feel like cleaning up the whole living room. It is okay to just wipe down the counter in the bathroom, even though you don't have time to clean the whole bathroom top to bottom. And that's the only way I started to feel like more in control of my life again. And it was life changing to me to just constantly tell myself doing a little bit is better than not doing any at all. And so it's still challenging, but it's something I had to do (laughs) to survive. It's like children. That like common saying is so wrong, which is like anything worth doing is worth doing well. It's like it actually needs to be like anything worth doing is worth doing poorly and barely, but more than zero. That should actually be the saying. Which actually, this brings me to another of my things I wanted to share that I learned from you. Because you described it so well when you teach the infinite 1%. Mm, That's one of my favorites. I mean, that's what you're talking about, right? Is like that idea that that first step is way more powerful and important than what we realize. There's a book called Begin With Yes. I can't remember the name of the author off the top of my head, but it teaches sort of what you're talking about there with that infinite 1% in a little bit more woo-woo way for people that like that. Mm -hmm. The idea is like you just get moving and then momentum comes. Mm -hmm. And again, back to my example, I had to tell myself, no, it's genuinely okay to just put three toys away. I couldn't do it with an agenda of like, then momentum will build and then I'll keep going and then I'll clean the whole living room. Although sometimes that did happen. Other times I did just put three toys away and then walk away. And I had to learn to be okay with that. But I just love that that idea. That brings me to a question. Do you see this with your clients? Because what I see with mine often is that they'll take a concept like that and then they totally do try to use it instrumentally in that like... Well, I'm going to tell myself that three minutes is okay because then I'll do 20. And I'm like, that's not telling yourself three minutes is okay. (laughs) That's right. It's like the way we teach processing emotion. If you just allow emotion, then it will subside. And they're like, when's it going to subside? Right. You're like, no, I'm allowing it. Right. No, 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 no. (laughs) Right. Or it's like intuitive eating for weight loss being like, okay, I'm going to like intuitively eat so that I get this outcome. You're like, then it's not intuitive, right? Like whatever the process is. What do you think that that comes from? Like, I guess it's just like when people encounter self-help, self-development work, they just like slurp it into whatever their art, (laughs) like whatever their thoughts already are. To me, the way I think about it is just the whole idea that we get so fixated on the outcome or sometimes it's changing a circumstance or whatever, Mm -hmm. or creating a certain result even because we're sure that that's when we're going to feel better. And what we're trying to describe is just feel better right now. And then it actually does help you create the outcome you want when you feel better, but that's the irony of it. You don't have to create that outcome to feel better. You need to feel better now. And then you probably will create the outcome, but even if you don't, it's okay because you feel better. But I think if you don't understand that, like, no, we don't want you to even wait for that thing to change to feel better. Then that's when we know like, no, you're not even doing it right. And yeah, when like I say are, you, I mean us too. We yeah, yeah, this. totally. Of course. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how often we have to say like, the only reason we know any of this is that we do it too. Totally. <laughs> yes. Like, because this we is the original yes. research site is our That's own brains. Right. Like, That's right. We're not above or beyond any of this. <laughs> right. I mean, I see this still in me in the places I'm still doing work. It's like, we haven't let go of the belief that what we really need to be happy is the result. 
Yes. It's like we're halfway there. You ever seen somebody straddling like two things that are floating in water kind of, you know, it's yes. like we're on this like very uneven yes. kind of like bouncy, something's going to get out from under us at any moment. We're just sort of like, okay, well, like, cause I'll try to like myself if that's going to help me actually stop eating cookies. Cause that's what I really need to do to like myself. Right. So it's like, we're trying to like skip over the liking yourself part, yeah, you know, and we like, can't understand that if we do like ourselves, then that thing doesn't matter anymore. So it is like being in the river of misery or that's what we were taught to call it. But to me, it's like, that's when cognitive dissonance is at its strongest kind of when mm-hmm. you're like, yeah. well, I believe you that the thing I want is to feel good and not the actual thing. So I'm like with you there. But I don't really believe that I can do it without the thing. So like, I'll try to like myself so I can get the thing that'll make me feel good. Did you experience this when you started making really good money in your business at all? Because I remember like the first time I set a goal to make a million dollars in a year in my business, just setting the goal, Brooke kind of suggested it. She's like, why don't you make a million dollars? I'm like, what? (laughs) And my head kind of exploded. Like, I can't do that. But as I went about the process, I started believing that, of course, I could do that and having fun doing it. Mm -hmm. Then once I got to the goal, I remember my husband, I was out of town and he texted me. He's like, we just hit a million dollars. And I was like, yeah, cool. Please don't get me wrong. I'm not like taking for granted how awesome it is to achieve a goal, but it's almost like because I had to do that work along the way that when you get there, it just feels like not as exciting. It's almost disappointing totally. that you don't feel like a new person. At that's that always point, how right. It, yeah. I think the part that's exciting, I mean, I, this is why I try to tell, like, I think people hate the journey and they want to get to the destination. And I'm just always like, you're missing the fun part because you're going to get there and it's not going to be that fun either because like, there's only two options. One is you didn't change your thoughts. You white knuckled your way there. And now it doesn't feel good because you have the same thoughts. Or if you did change your thoughts, but you didn't like take time to enjoy that, then you like skip the fun part. The fun part for me when I've made seven figures for the first time was not when I made seven figures. It was when it became clear to me it was going to happen, right? It's like when, whether it's the math or the belief or both, but when it was like, oh shit, I think this is going to happen. Like there's like the buildup where you're like trying hard to believe, trying hard to believe. And then you're like producing some evidence, right? It's like one step, two step. So I think the, yeah, the most fun part is the part where you like reach full belief, see it's going to happen, believe it's going to happen, which is before it happens. I think, I mean, I think we were sort of taught that like true belief in the full result occurs automatically at the same time. And I actually think that's like more on the manifestation side in a way I don't really believe. I actually think- some results take more time, even after you're in full belief that they will happen. So you could say like the belief is still the result because it will happen as opposed to it's happened. Yeah. But either way, the fun point for me was like at 800 or something thousand where I was sort of like, okay, like there's this much time left. I think it's going to happen. We're at, now we're on the downward slope, right? Like that's right. I'm the big hill. That's the fun part. I like the idea too, that I heard this recently from like, I listened to a lot of Abraham <laughs> But the idea that like, you're always going to have some doubt, you know, sometimes we're like, you just have to really believe it. And I'm like, do I really believe in my, have I ever really believed a hundred percent? No, there's always some doubt. Of course, because you're the human brain. Yeah. So I think, you know, for people listening, you're going to be human. You're still going to achieve your goals. I like the idea that you just need your belief to outweigh the doubt. Yeah. Like maybe more often you believe than you think about doubtful thoughts, or maybe talk, it's just a little bit stronger. 
Yeah. I think of it as like, I've described it once as like, it's like a hundred here and zero here. And then you're like transferring it over, Mm. right? Like, so you're trying to get to like, you may never get to a hundred on the other side, but it doesn't matter if we're down to 5% over here and 95% over here. We're that's good. good enough to get the job done. Yeah. 80, 20 probably gets the job yeah. done. And then, yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, I hope that one of the things that my listeners remember me saying the most is it's amazing what you can accomplish with a half managed mind. <laughs> like this is <laughs> not amazing. I love that. I, well, I think that, I mean, that's really, I think, and I think you are very transparent also, like there are coaches out there who I feel like sort of present themselves and that's fine. I mean, it's just a different audience as kind of like, mm-hmm. I have it all figured out. Like I've ascended to the top of the mountain and now I'm going to explain it to you. Right. And I'm like six steps ahead of you. So I can totally help. Right. It's still crazy that's right. here, but like, that's, that's right. how, you know, it works. Like, that's how I know it works. Like I'm never pretending that I don't have a crazy human brain. Cause. Oh, totally. And I mean, sometimes I'm even like, I'm going up. Who wants to come with me? Let's go together. <laughs> Let's go together. Yeah. <laughs> we'll figure it out. But I do think your point about the journey is so important. Like when you are resisting and hating the journey, you actually are missing the fun part. Yeah. Because a hundred percent, once you get the thing, you're going to learn that it's not as like what I call like an exit ramp off the human experience. Right. It's not going to just take you to the land of meadows and sunshine where everything is unicorns forever. And the fun part was the part where you like got to blow your own mind and you skipped it because you were busy being upset that you weren't at the destination yet. And I'm curious your opinion on this, but sometimes, you know, we see like celebrities or what have you in the media who seem to be so successful. And obviously there's a lot going on there. I don't mean to simplify it down to one thing, but then, you know, these people who crash and burn. And sometimes I wonder if it isn't like I finally achieved all the things I thought I wanted. And I don't feel like you said, I'm still human and I still right. don't like myself. And it can be crushing, I think. Totally. To realize if you that. think that like getting the adoring, I mean, it's, I don't think it's any different. Yeah. Than like, yeah. whether your goal is like, I want to make a hundred K or I want to like have get a baby, married, get married, or I want to lose 10 pounds, or I want to have a hundred million followers on Instagram. <laughs> like, I don't think I yeah. miss a million, but like whatever it is, you know? <laughs> but then you get there. Or I want to win an Oscar and like, you're still going to wake up in the morning and you're still you. And sometimes, brain. Yeah. And I think this yeah. actually leads me like the third, I think I had maybe had four, but you have that a podcast episode called the human void. Is that what yeah. it's called? The human yes. void, which is yes. also just like, sounds very space age to me. Like, yes, like I know. <laughs> it's like, we're on the Star Trek enterprise. Titles aren't my strength. <laughs> <laughs> me neither. I'm just like, I'm always like, here's an adjective. I've capitalized it. That's the yes. title. Like, <laughs> like anger. I guess that's a noun. That's what we're talking about. That's it. But I think a lot of what our work has to be to be both true and like responsible is never trying to sell the idea that like you are not going to still be a discontented human some of the time, right? Like I think, you know, in my advanced certification, I've been teaching, I don't teach like business marketing in the certification, but I teach like a feminist approach to thinking about how you market, what are the messages you're using and like, how do you ethically market life coaching kind of? Mm -hmm. And for me, one of the pillars of that is like, not selling something that isn't true, right? Yes. And like not selling the idea that even if you're selling weight loss coaching, right? Not selling the idea that after this, you will always feel good and amazing about yourself and always feel confident and never have a negative thought about your body, right? Or not like, right. And I think you learn sometimes in like sometimes conventional marketing, it's like assumes people are kind of stupid, right? It's like, well, you have to tell them that things will be perfect or they won't do the thing and they won't buy the program. But I don't think that's true. I mean, my business is proof that mm-hmm. isn't true. Like, that's right. 
I think you can tell people the truth, which is like being a human is fucking hard. Uh-huh. And I can't solve that for you. There literally is no solution. Right. But I can help you be more skillful at navigating it. And it's definitely going to help you more than drugs, booze, Netflix, shopping, gambling, whatever else you're currently doing to try to deal with being. Yes. Like, so I was recently listening to Daniel Pink's masterclass on I'm, sales. So, you know, the masterclass app. Yeah, yeah. Daniel Pink has a course on there on sales. And he was saying that it, it used to be, you know, back before the age of, of the internet and everything that the salesperson had all the information and the customer didn't, and they needed the salesperson to give them all the information. Well, it's sort of flipped today. The customer has way more information sometimes than you do. Like if somebody's going to buy coaching from me, they might've researched 10 other coaches that I don't even know about their programs. Mm -hmm. I don't know how they work. But in the, he kind of used the example even of a doctor with a patient. You know, the patient would come in and say, I have this problem. What's wrong, doc? And the doctor would diagnose it. Well, now the patient can go research and comes to the doctor with a pile of <laughs> research, right. which used to drive doctors insane. But what they realized is that the best thing we can do, it's people who are business owners, entrepreneurs, service people, is to help people organize information and help sift through all the information that's there. Mm. So for a doctor, for example, to say, okay, great. So let's just take a look at what you've got here. You know, this study actually was from 25 years ago. Right. And we've, we've <laughs> that one was on lizard and it isn't, so repl- it isn't replicable in humans. This yeah, one's so, right. <laughs> some new things since then, but this one is good. Pay attention to this part. And you might also want to look this up, mm. like kind of help them condense and organize. And I, I think about, like you said, for us as when, what we do as coaches is, we can't be out there selling happily ever after, you know, I mean, that's just not even real, but what we can do is like, listen, I'm going to simplify it for you. I'm going to guide you through a version. It's not the only version. It's not even the best version for everybody, but to your point, if you have some Christian based values and things and family's important and all that, I'm going to guide you through a process of mental, emotional health. that takes all that into consideration and like simplify the noise for you. I just love that idea that that's what we're doing yeah. is simplifying and guiding our clients. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. we've done all the work ahead of time. Like I might yes. in the world. I am not a DIYer. I want to hire people who have already done all the work and have all the expertise and have yes. them be a customized solution. Like I just yes. hired somebody. I wanted to get plants for my outdoor balcony. Like, is that something a normal human could just do themselves? Sure. They could. Am I doing it myself? No, because I was like, I know nothing. I will buy some plants. It will be inconvenient, a pain in the ass. They will be heavy. I will have to pot them. I will probably pick stuff that will die or that has weird bugs. I will have no idea what I'm doing. I'm not spatial. I will get too much or too little. Like I'm going to skip all of that and pay somebody who knows everything about plants and everything about shade and what they, whatever. And they're Mm -hmm. just going to bring me some plants and then I'm going to get to enjoy them. Now coaching, you do have to like do a little of the work yourself. Like it's more like having a trainer. But I have right, one of those right. too, right? Yeah, that's I'm right. Like, so she can tell me how my form is. And like, yes. I'm like, well, I think I have this problem. And she's like, well, not really. But like, you have this other problem and let's work on that instead. So yeah, yeah, I totally think that's right. It's like, you can go through it all yourself, but why would you want to do that? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. So here's the third thing I had. I don't know if you remember this, but it was at a life coach school event, I think it was back when they did coach training in person and you and I were both instructors there mm-hmm. and you made this comment and the way you said it, I was like, oh yeah, 
you know, those things that you're like, I think I've been told that 25 yeah, times. I have one of those for you too. So you tell me yours and I'll tell you mine. That's perfect. For ending. some reason it really landed that yeah, time. Yeah. And it was this idea. I think if I recall, the student was asking a question about like underneath whatever we're coaching on, isn't what's underneath always just, I don't like myself enough. Right. If I, if I loved myself <laughs> and I understood my value and the way you said it was, yeah, that is true. Like at least under probably 90% of the things right. we're coaching on is a self-worth issue. And so if we just dig down to that, then what we discover is, so stop thinking I'm not good enough. Start thinking I am good enough. See you later client. And <laughs> the problem is most of us can't get much traction. And so we do coach on the way it shows up in our life, how it manifests on the surface or how it impacts your yeah. relationship or your whatever else. And I don't know why the way you said it, I was like, oh yeah, that's true. Because <laughs> otherwise we're just like, yeah, so stop hating yourself. It's like there, there's a Simpsons <laughs> episode where there's a motivational speaker and he says, get confident, stupid. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this comes up all the time. I think it's like one of the downfalls of some forms of therapy, not all, but like often people have this high level of insight about how it's all due to their low self-worth. Yeah. I'm like, okay, so now we're just hanging out with that or like, we're going to have lunch like, with what that. Like now what? Right. And like yeah. people come in and they want, and I think especially clients who have been to other coaches or been to therapy or whatever, they come in, they're like, oh, I already know my problem. Right. I like care too much about everybody else's things. And like, you know, and I don't like myself. And so that's what I want to stop. Right. And I'm yeah. like, okay, like, we're going to have to back it up. I talk about it like directionally. Like it's funny because that is a core belief, but I think of it as top level because it's abstract. So mm. the way I teach is like, you can't coach from the top down, mm. you have to coach from individual instances and it adds yes. up to growth. And it actually is like, there's two forms of logic. I was just did a whole episode about philosophy. And one is like, we take a first principle and then we reason from it. Like mm. it should be fair. And then we try to apply it to specific situations mm -hmm. or we look at a bunch of specific situations that we've had. And then we try to deduce a principle from it. And mm. like coaching works that way. You have to like, work on a specific thing where you can change a specific thought and get some traction there. And then the magic part is somehow you do anywhere from three to 700 of those. And it just like adds up and kind of yes. percolates up and then you get that big picture of change. But yes. yeah, I mean, otherwise, right. We're all just sitting around being like, well, I guess I'm unworthy today again. Like that's, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And sometimes even just making peace with like, we've been saying over and over again, that human part of you, I always use the example, like, yeah, and guess what? Every morning I wake up with bad breath. So we can like spend a lot of time trying to solve that. Or we can just be right. like, yeah, that's what happens to most people. And then why don't we just brush our teeth and right. move on with it? You know, it's like, yeah, anyway. I think that's so important for people to hear though, because this desire to like solve the big, like I'm doing for the first time I had doing this unfuck your body image course. And I allowed people who weren't in the clutch to join. So there's brand new people. Right. And one of the things I see is like, that is how people come to the work. It's like, so they want to get on a coaching call and they're like, okay, so I need help like to stop obsessing over everything I ever eat. And I'm like, yes, you do need help with that. We're going to have to like break that down a little bit. Right. Yeah, like there's right. no, there's no like magic 20 minute fix to that where we change one thought in your brain on the zoom call. And now it's all forever solved. Right. <laughs> That's right. And those are anybody listening to this obviously coaches themselves. So just like, yes, it's true. It all goes down to your self-worth, but don't try to coach yourself like always on that. Yes. I mean, sometimes that's the right place to go, especially if you've been yeah. working on something a long time, but in general, it's totally useful to be like, why did I just want to drive my car into that guy who cut me off in traffic? Like, let me 
That's know, right. Think about yeah. that. Yeah. I think you can have small practices that improve it, you know, but yeah. It's and then just- it adds up. I was in traffic yesterday, actually. I love watching other people's models now because I know I like tried to move over and this guy sped up and then I still moved over and then he was really mad. So he like honked a lot. And I was like, okay, so, you know, you saw me moving, but whatever. But then he drove around me, drove in front of me and then stopped short to like teach me a lesson, I guess. But I was just like imagining his thought process, like his T and his model was like, I'm going to show that woman what she did, right? <laughs> just like, that's not what this showed me, sir. It did not show me the error of my ways. <laughs> oh my word. I know people are hilarious. I was at the, the airport error. and they canceled the flight. We were all waiting to board and they're like, we just canceled this flight. <laughs> it's like, what? Don't you, you wish do you that? could do that sometimes? You're like, like, you're like on your way to the family event. You're like, this is just canceled. canceled. This is just, we're just not doing it. But I love watching people, like you said, in that situation. Oh, yeah. And that like customer right. service, especially. So the thing yeah. you said that this is like a perfect example. And people have heard me tell the story about you saying this before of exactly that. Like somebody says something, you're like, what? Like, yeah. even though it's like something you already knew. Now, all of us were like scribbling it down. We were at one of our millionaire mentoring retreats and you were like, it's like the T line always shows up in the R line. And we were all like, hold the phone. Oh. What do you mean? <laughs> So profound. <laughs> yeah, but like yeah. for whatever reason, you know, it's one thing to say your thoughts create your results, which we yeah. both teach, but somehow the T line always shows up in the R line was just right. like mind-blowing. And I think it's yeah. because it's almost like the difference between creates and shows up is important somehow because yeah. creates seems vaguer and shows up is really like this is a real direct correlation. Like what you are thinking here is going to like whoop be right here when you get to that R line in your life or in your model. So yeah, when I had that realization myself, I felt that way <laughs> and I realized it's kind of a shortcut for me. Like uh-huh. do I want this showing up in my results in some way? I don't even take the time right. You're like to I haven't even gotten to the A line. I'm yeah. just like I don't want like, any part of this. <laughs> I'm just like wait, I don't want that anywhere near my R line. Yeah, I like <laughs> so, it. Right, right. Yeah. Right. You're like, it's a fun one. Right. You're like no permutation of this tea showing up in my results in six months is going to make me happy. So that's right. So let me just consider if I want to keep thinking about that. And I think like you said, it, all the work we do here is to remind people it's a practice of redirecting your brain and training yourself to think a little bit more intentionally for a portion of your day. I think still most of our day, we're going to operate unconsciously. Yeah, right. It's not a perfectionist fantasy where we're like mindful every moment. Right. But we're trying to retrain some of those automatic beliefs and then just choose one area that you practice redirecting and it does work. It it does work. It works. It does work. I agree. I mean, anything else you think people need to know, Jody Moore, or where they can find you? People can find me at my podcast, which is better than happy or on social media, Jody Moore coaching, but no, just, I mean, I just love talking with you. And I think it's fun that, like you said, probably too unlikely to get along. So, I mean, not that we would ever not get along, but yeah, unlikely to for our worlds to otherwise. converge. Yeah. Exactly. Anyway, I just love you and appreciate you letting me come on your show. I love you too. Thanks for coming. I'm going to see you in June. I'm so excited. Oh, yes. I haven't hugged anybody in person in so long. I know. Thank goodness for vaccines. Thank goodness. All right. (laughs) Thank you for coming. Yes. Thanks for having me. If you're loving what you're learning in the podcast, you have got to come check out The Clutch. 
The Clutch is the podcast community for all things on Fuck Your Brain. It's where you can get individual help applying the concepts to your own life. It's where you can learn new coaching tools not shared on the podcast that will blow your mind even more. And it's where you can hang out and connect over all things thought work with other podcast chickens just like you and me. It's my favorite place on earth and it will change your life. I guarantee it. Come join us at www.unfuckyourbrain.com forward slash the clutch. That's unfuckyourbrain.com forward slash the clutch. I can't wait to see you there.